Welcome to Powerful Journeys Outdoors in Nature, where we come together as a tribe and sit around the fire and share stories, powerful stories that happened for us and to us. And the, the integration we take from those journeys, the excitement we felt, the fear we felt and the wisdom that we come away with that we want to share with our other tribe members and to be seen in that story and to be heard and to feel connected because, you know, we're all in this together. So enjoy the story from one of the people who have powerfully journeyed outdoors in nature. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Today I have a special, well two special guests actually. One is Mimi and the other is her newborn beautiful little girl Lua who may or may not do a bit of talking later, we'll see. Um, but for the moment I'll introduce you to Mimi. Hi Mimi. Hi Tegan. <laughs> Thank you for and coming. everyone. Yeah and everyone yeah. Um, so we'll just get straight into it. I would love you to introduce yourself to our massive uh, crowd of listeners. Uh, to begin with I'd like to know about your body and your soul. So I'd like to know how old you are and what stage of life you feel like you're at. Um, so I am 27 years old and um, as you said I have just had a baby my very first baby mm-hmm. um, so that was a very big transition in stage of life mm. um, yeah just uh, she's seven weeks old tomorrow so that was um, it's been yeah a massive stage of life transition so that's mm. sort of where I'm at now kind of moving from maiden to mother and settling mm-hmm. into that that role of motherhood and um, you know it's of course a massive um, challenge but it's also so so beautiful and I feel like I'm really getting to the part where I get to start really enjoying it mm. is there anything like at the top of the head your head that you feels like is one of the big biggest changes like for yourself personally I think just the like how jarring the transition was where like one day it was just mm-hmm. the two of us just me and my husband mm-hmm. and like life still like I was pregnant of course but life still felt relatively normal like mm-hmm. I had full autonomy of what I wanted to do with my day and everything and then you know boom the next day everything <laughs> revolves around this little creature and it's yeah. like it's there's no uh, there's no sort of like transition yeah. you know it's like black and white one yeah. to the other and that I think it, it's almost you get kind of whiplash like <laughs> you know the next day you're looking back to yesterday and you're like but it feels so far away already yeah wowzers is there anything in yeah. hindsight is there any way you could have prepped yourself for that do you think there's any way I I don't think so I think you just have to go through it and have mm. the best support that you can lined up for for that period that mm. first period of adjustment mm-hmm um, yeah, because I work as a doula and, you know, I support women through that. And so I, from the outside, had seen that transition and everything. And I thought I was sort of as prepared as I could be. And I think I was. I don't think that I had, a, you know, a harder time than other people. Mm. Or, but it still, it still is a challenge. And, mm. um, you know, like I don't think I was being prepared, cushioned me from it at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You got whiplash from it. I can Is there anything else that you've ever experienced like that? Like that 
No. No. Not. Nothing that's been, like, that fast of a transition of, yeah. like... No, not really. I mean, everything else you can kind of prepare for in some way or... Well, and the other thing is, like, this is sad because the only thing I can think of comparing it to is, like, someone dying, like, oh, unexpectedly. Oh, yeah, because they're there and then they're not. But that's, but that's, like, a horrible thing, whereas this is, like, a really beautiful, mm. joyful thing, but it mm. is that just, like, really intense transition. Yeah kind of yeah totally no it's a good yeah similarity and I also love the fact that we are doing this podcast on your bed which is where I was with you at the beginning stages of your labor as well so she was also Lua was born at the foot of the bed so it all happened here yeah full cycle yeah it's so great um and I would love to know what so like for you to introduce your soul what's something that really like lights you up and like excites you and just Birth, yeah, okay. birth and supporting women through pregnancy, birth and postpartum, and um, yeah, just uh, all yeah, all of that. I think that it's so important, and I think it's really what my soul work is. Mm. Is what I'm called to do. So mm. has that always been? Have you always known that, or is it just something as of late? Or um, it's definitely like it's a passion that grew really steadily. So I can't exactly put like a finger, like point my finger to when it started mm. exactly. Um, cause I don't remember. I just know that it's sort of like steadily been an interest that grew and grew and grew. Um, and it, it definitely a few years ago, um, maybe like two or three years ago started getting to the point where I was like, okay, I think I really want to do something with this. Mm. Um, and yeah yeah did yeah. that answer the question I'm trying yeah to totally what it was. yeah well I mean it's it's not something you knew when you were like a little kid kind of thing no. but it's something that's kind of come up and it's become alive and it's really something that you've like sunk your teeth into kind of yeah. thing yeah, yeah. and exactly. you see it as the direction moving forward yeah yeah, yeah it's cool. almost like a like it um my passion for it and interest in it has like screamed at me so loud that I can't ignore it yes I love that description yeah yeah um so what brings us to the podcast is I would love for you to share um just one of I'm sure your many amazing stories of a powerful journey that you've had outdoors in nature yeah sure definitely so I mean I have a a bunch of different ones to choose from Mm. because I grew up in a family that's super outdoorsy Mm -hmm. um but the one that came to mind um, to share is um, I grew up in a really really beautiful little town in Arizona in mm-hmm. the United States um, a town called Sedona that has red sandstone mountains like rock formations all through the town mm-hmm. um, and all around the town and so I growing up I had a really strong connection with nature because it was just right outside my door you know like I would at the back of our neighborhood, which was like a two minute walk away were the mountains and you Mm. could just go out and there were trails leaving from right there. And, um, you know, my parents hiked every single morning or ran yeah, in the mountains. And so I went with them quite a bit and like every weekend we were out and, um, yeah, that was just such an amazing connection. But my senior year of high school, um, I, uh, one of my favorite teachers who was like an amazing, outdoor ed teacher Mm -hmm. um, set up for a bunch of us seniors who were getting ready to graduate to go out and do um, solos in 
in the mountains right behind our school. And so we went out and I think it was, I think it was two nights. So like one full day, Mm -hmm. um, on our own, just like, you know, she spaced all of us out. So we were far enough apart that no one could see anyone else and you weren't allowed to sort of leave your area. Um, and that was, yeah, that was a really, really powerful experience, especially kind of getting ready to go through that big transition of graduating mm. from high school. And um, and just being, I think that there's something so powerful about being by yourself mm. in nature, especially for an extended period of time. Because, you know, you get to a point where you're, you're either you are talking out loud to yourself and that's <laughs> yeah. an interesting thing or you're not and then the silence is mm. you know a, a very interesting thing to explore and um yeah i think that that having that time alone in in sedona which is such a special place for me anyways before i sort of left to go to university somewhere else um kind of cemented that relationship for me even more that relationship with that place and uh, I think that yeah it was really really special and also since I was um, pretty young I felt like I had a really strong relationship with the moon Mm. Um, and whenever we would sort of go camping and I specifically remember at one point when we were rafting the Grand Canyon Um, I was rafting the Grand Canyon with my family and just being like so in love with that whole experience and not wanting to forget it. And this, that was kind of one of my first times that I felt really connected with nature because I think I was like 12 years old. So I was just yeah. starting to have those more deep thoughts and feelings of connection or think about them Yeah. in that way. And I, and being on that raft trip, I remember um, being worried about losing those feelings after the trip was over. Oh, and yeah. Uh, we were camping and I remember looking up at the moon and saying like I can always look at the moon and know that it's you know the same moon that's shining mm. on the Grand Canyon and that was watching me here yeah so yeah so I felt like oh. I had a relationship with the moon that kind of started there and then sort of through all of my like mm. powerful outdoor experiences yeah um, has always kind of been like a theme. What do you think it is about the moon? I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's there every night, you know, Mm. like it's always there and it's the same all over the world, which Mm. I've done so much traveling that I think um, that, yeah, I'm even, I've moved from the Northern hemisphere to the Southern, Southern Mm. hemisphere. So it's like, even the stars are different, Mm. but the moon's the same and the sun is the same as well, but you can't stare at the sun. You know, you can't like, (laughs) can't romantically stare at it. Yeah. Unless you, yeah. I mean, there are people who do, but I think it probably damages your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) For long extended periods Um, of time. Yeah. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is just that it's, it is always there and that's so comforting Mm. and it's the same it's the same moon that's mm. always there. You know, oh, it's not yeah. like clouds. Like clouds, yeah. yes, there's always clouds, but they're different. Whereas yeah. the moon is always the same. And even when you're, you know, when you're 90, it'll be the same moon that was there when you were five. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but, it's yeah. kind of like no matter where you've traveled in the world and who you're with and what age you are, you, there's just this reassurance that it's there. And it's almost like a comforting 
kind yeah. of thing for you. Yeah, comforting constant. And then my baby's named Lua, which yeah. means moon in Portuguese. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. So when you were doing that solo, um, had you ever done a solo before in Sedona? No, no. So that was the first one. Oh, and I th- sorry, I got sidetracked with this the moon. Way. But I think like being, I stayed up almost the whole first night just kind of being with the moon there in mm. that place. And that was really, really powerful because mm-hmm. it, you know, continued to develop that relationship and yeah. that, yeah. And I did a lot of writing on that solo yeah. as well in my journal. And I still, um, I still have that and I go back and wow. read it sometimes, but I think that being out there by myself, um, helped me to really kind of clarify that being in nature is, like a really really important space to go to to reflect on life and mm. the way that that it facilitates mm. that you know like being outside of walls mm-hmm. and being yeah yeah and do you thank like your parents for establishing that relationship for you yeah I I do I mean I think that they their relationship with nature might be a bit different because mm. I feel like um, it's more like something that you use, like you go out in nature and you, you go for hikes or you go mountain biking or you like sure. you do activities in it. Yeah. Whereas it's not, I, I don't think for them, or at least not that I've talked to them about, it's not about being in relationship with nature. Mm. Kind of, it's not a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, yeah, more of like a one way, um, yeah, it's like doing things in nature as opposed to like moving through or yeah, moving with nature. Yeah, but I do think I mean they they do have a strong like they have a love of being outdoors and mm. in nature and everything and that like those are all just nuances of the way that I feel like I connect with it a little bit differently. Mm. Um, but I do owe so much to them for for getting me out there in so many ways mm-hmm. and all the time and. Um, you know, for having us grow up in a place where it was so easy to connect yeah, with totally. nature. And I mean, they're, you know, like they facilitated so many experiences. Like we have gone, um, you know, like on holidays to the Alps and gone hiking every single day and done trekking in Peru and, you know, rafted the Grand Canyon and the San Juan River and, yeah. um, yeah, just all kinds of like really cool outdoor yeah. things. Yeah, none yeah. of yeah. I definitely haven't done that with my parents, so that's yeah quite unique. But so what you said, you journaled a lot when you were on your solo. So you said you also didn't like leave a little proximity, and you just found yourself journaling and watching the things were around you. Like, did you yeah. end up talking to yourself and like a little bit? I think that I actually start like was really interested in the silence mm. and in what was what was to be found in the silence um and yeah and just like quietly observing rather than trying like I did write a lot but more about what I had noticed arising within me rather Mm. than trying to like like I think it it stemmed from the silence Mm -hmm. the realizations that I was kind of writing about yeah cool yeah. So yeah, when you read them now, does it still feel just as profound, or like, or do you kind of look back and giggle like it's you know your teenage diary? Yeah, I think I mean I think it was a bit profound. Yeah. Like I think that there are things that have that I have built on since that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. you know. But I can see still that 
that they were the foundations and they are the foundations. Mm. You know, it's where the way that I think about things now started. Or yeah. Have you been on a solo since? Like in that similar way? No, I haven't. I actually wanted to do that before I had the baby. Or before, yeah. Actually, before I got pregnant, I wanted to do that. And then it just didn't. Um, I didn't make it happen. Mm. Good ownership there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It wasn't that it didn't happen. I didn't make it happen. But I would, I would love to do that. Mm. But probably not in the cards to be alone. <laughs> I have, For a good couple of years. I have the milk production yeah. <laughs> I actually went um, out into Kurumban Valley last week and was there for 48 hours so I had like two days kind of like in two nights yeah. and I had I was kind of planning on doing like a vision quest so like the three days and then you kind of pick your spot and you don't leave within about five meters of it unless you need to go to the toilet and you don't have any food and no distractions you just kind of sit there yeah and it was the first time I had I mean I'd done solos before but there'd always been like hiking or some kind of um doing aspect yeah. that I guess I could use as a distraction so it was really gnarly for me to kind of sit there and just every time my brain would be like oh should I go do something now and just having to be like no there's nothing to do yeah like it was such a and then also not eating them made me quite lethargic so it was like I was just wandering I didn't even wander I just sat in different locations just followed the shade and I took a journal and pen and yeah, it was amazing from such little time by centering myself. There was such clarity about things. Yeah. And I don't really think it takes that much, like in the big scheme of things. Yeah. Like you don't have to go out there for two days. But even I found, I reckon within about the first four hours, I think the most of the like the aha moments or most of the clarity was kind of within that. Yeah. And I was like, there's so, it's just so special and so important and how mm. many like, I'd never heard that story of yours and I don't really know many other people who have done like a sit spot solo yeah yet when people talk about it, actually one of the biggest things is like oh, I could never do that and it's yeah. like why and it's it's not even the camping aspect it's literally I think people are just afraid of being by the, their own brains yeah like just being with themselves in that context because they're like I can't like you can run from things but you can't run from your own brain yeah I suppose that's what drugs are for but like <laughs> yeah or tv or yeah Netflix yeah I mean all of the things we use to numb ourselves out yeah yeah but it was just so I went in there not with like a big kind of idea of what it was going to be but just to have that experience and just it was so simple you just take away everything and see what happens yeah or Lewis just (laughs) she's like I'm not sure if I'm still hungry or I'm not sure she's so cute (laughs) um yeah it is I think I think it's a really amazing experience mm. to do that. I mean, it's almost like a self-facilitated Vipassana. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think it would also be really cool to do it and not journal and actually yes. just be, be. Just sit there. Yeah. That scares me a little bit in a strange way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, to have that. It was interesting though because, I mean, I drove myself to the spot and I had my phone in my car. And at so many points, I'm like, I, I could just leave. Like, I could just yeah. leave. But I was like, no, Tegan, we're trying to have this experience. But, yeah, to facilitate it for yourself and mm. to see what arose in that process. Do you think there's an age in which you'd be too young to have that? Um, like, maybe not for two days, but even just like a day and a night? I don't know. I mean... I think even having, like, maybe a shorter experience, but I think having those mm. kinds of experiences would be really valuable, even from a really young age, mm. you know? Like, I know that little kids don't have as much capacity or, like, yeah. attention span to yeah. just kind of sit, but 
if like even just kind of giving them five minutes to say you know sit here and see what you notice and come tell me like did you see the ants moving around and did you see the birds like did you hear the birds like what did you hear what did you like all the the senses senses, you know and just kind of bringing that relationship of observation Mm -hmm. and then possibly also self-observation as they get a little bit Mm. older and maybe extending the time Mm. like I think that just starting the process so it feels so natural and yeah just growing it organically yeah but even you know looking back to kind of that that relationship that I felt with the moon and with um with nature from the age of like like 12 when I was when I was rafting the Grand Canyon like I started having big feelings you know Mm. through that experience in nature and I think I definitely think that um that even younger than that possibly kids are are capable of having those really strong emotions of connection Mm. and profound experiences and realizing that they're profound, Mm. you know, conceptualizing them that way. And I do think, you know, like it's a question of whether, I don't know if um, younger than that, they'd be ready to kind of spend a whole night by themselves Mm. away from everyone, Mm. you know, but possibly with someone nearby that Mm. they could go to or that they could see, but they're not talking or, you know, yeah, I think that, it's definitely a question of that yeah. could be facilitated in a, a cool way. Definitely, and to have them feel safe in nature. Yeah. To start that from such a young age. Yeah. Um, which I'll segue to. Do you think that we are nature? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Why definitely? Um. I just do. I think we're like. I think that we have gotten. Humanity has gotten to a point where we have separated ourselves from nature in a lot mm. of ways. But I think that at our essence we are nature and that the people who are sort of the most centered and um you know connected with themselves and the world around them and probably the happiest are the people who do identify themselves with nature mm-hmm. and as a part of nature and not separate from it yeah and um i think all of humanity is a part of nature and that any any kind of separation that we create is is to our detriment Mm. um yeah is how I see it but yeah I think that anything that we can do to remind people of that and to bring back that um Mm. that cohesion how do you remind yourself of it because like, I know I find myself slipping sometimes more and more inside when because mm-hmm. it's comfy and whatever. Like, how do you remind yourself? Yeah, I mean, I probably don't enough or not, maybe not enough, but as much as I could remind myself. But yeah. just going going outside, getting outside, being near things that, that make me feel small, like the ocean <laughs> or the mountains or massive trees, mm. things like that, I think. Um, but just, yeah, taking the time as often as possible to be outdoors, even if it's, you know, even if it's not to go to somewhere that's like, like a huge forest or something, even if it's just going down and walking the little trail at the end of the road, Mm. but just being in somewhere that's not 
sort of concrete and mm. and cement. What do you notice when you you haven't connected enough with like the outdoorsy nature? Like, do you notice yourself changing, or is there like a uh, do alarm bells go off of like, whoa, I really need to go out and connect with the outside? Well. For me, being in nature is also so tied up with moving my body. Okay. Um, That, like, and when I haven't done enough of either, I definitely start feeling a lot less happy. Mm. Um, And that, it's, yeah, and it's kind of like if I do start getting um, into a negative space in my head, one of my very first tools that I reach for is going out into nature and moving my body. Okay. So it's kind of like your first, like, tick a box, like, oh, I'm feeling a bit low or a bit sluggish. Like, I'll go yeah. move my body, especially outside. Yeah. Yeah. Not just on the treadmill. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not just on the treadmill. That's so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple, isn't it? Like, yeah, you just, like, I just need to go outside and it just makes me feel good. Yeah. It always makes me feel better. And, yeah, I mean, when I used to, you know, struggle with, depression in college or not necessarily like fully depression but just have like really low days and stuff my mom would say move your body get outside go you know mm. go to the mountains and I was I always rolled my eyes at her now that's like my number one thing I'm like okay yeah, you were right uh, to be a patient parent even yeah. when you have all this wisdom to yeah, pass on I know now that's my now it's my turn <laughs> yeah totally you'll hit that same wall I guess one other thing I'd like to note, because I feel like you're so poetic, um, is that with that experience that you had in that sit spot in Sedona, Mm. like, if you had to, like, write a gratitude letter to it or, like, say, yeah, basically, or, like, a verbal gratitude letter, like, what would you say to that experience? Ooh. What would you say, Lua? We're just switching. Switching milk producers. (laughs) Yes. Go on your side. Um, what would I say to that experience? Yeah, like that that patch of land that you sat on, you know, that that moon that shine, shone down on you, that sun that, you know, gave you light. What would you say to that experience? Yeah, I think I would just... I, I can picture the exact, mm. like, little location. But um, I think I would say just thank you for, for witnessing that step in my transition into adulthood mm. and um thank you for holding space i think yeah there's a lot of gratitude towards that experience and the um it felt like a like a moment outside of time you know mm-hmm. like it felt like i got to because especially yeah during those like graduation days when you're finishing high school and getting ready to go to college and you're saying goodbye to all your friends and all your teachers and you're, you know, preparing and packing and everything. It's like such a crazy time. And it just felt like I kind of got to lay the hourglass on its side for a minute (laughs) and just, yeah. Yeah. And just kind of be outside of time and float there and really reflect on everything that was happening and, and process it in a way that I wouldn't have if I didn't get to do that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess thanks for, thank you for being my sideways hourglass. Yeah. And it sounds like thank you so much for that teacher who set mm. that up for you. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. still, she's still like a huge inspiration to me. She's, yeah. Yeah. A really amazing 
person and she's still there and facilitating wow. those experiences for students and wow yeah well if she's listening to this podcast <laughs> she should know how much of an impact she's made yeah oh that's so amazing thank you so much for sharing your story yeah, uh, yeah. um one thing i would love if people if you would love to follow any of your other adventures especially in motherhood or anything if you have anywhere that they could do that yep i have um I have two Instagram accounts. I have my personal account, which is Life Without Borders. Yeah. Um, with no spaces or anything, just Life Without Borders. And that's where I post kind of my personal life and more stuff about, I guess, motherhood. Although I share some of that on my business account also, which my business account for my birth work, which is photography, um, hypnobirthing, teaching, and mm. being a doula, is La Luna Doula with. Um, dot points between each word yeah um and that's luna l-u-n-a and doula d-o-u-l-a awesome yeah and that's where i share like all kinds of birth and motherhood related interesting content and my photography my birth photography and that kind of stuff do you have any interest in giving birth outside yeah totally Yeah? yeah i think that would be really cool i mean i'm not like so attached to the idea that i that it has to happen yeah. but if we like here at the house that we're in there's not really an outside space that yeah. feels yeah, good to me to do that but if I if we were in a space where where it felt natural and where I felt comfortable outside mm. and I was giving birth in the summertime or you know yeah, like in a time when the temperature would be yeah. good I would definitely be I think that would be beautiful yeah well, I'm sure yeah. you might get a go. I'm sure you're going to have, like, 14 more children. <laughs> so I'm sure one of them will be born in a stream somewhere or something. Yeah. Oh. We'll see. Maybe. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, and, of course, if you want any more stories or anything, I'm releasing podcasts every Monday, which is fun. And uh, also, you can always check us out on Instagram, which is Journey Outdoors in Nature, or on Facebook, or the website, or just come to Cabarita Beach in northern New South Wales and come and say hello. <laughs> but until then, have a great afternoon, evening, night, morning, whatever. Bye, guys.